Have you ever had an opportunity in your life where you said one thing and then someone else totally interpreted it a different way? Okay, the words were the same, maybe punctuation's a little off, um, but it's, and this always happens in my house, I don't know if it happens with you, like my family doesn't listen to what I say. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but some things have double meanings uh, and, and it can kind of be confusing or very humorous. Uh, and so I want us to take a look at some church bulletins that had an announcement or something that they wanted to communicate. Uh, and it kind of had some double meaning. So here's one. Uh, this being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs. Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. Hey, obviously she's not a chicken, but for some reason she's going to put an egg on the altar, okay? Here's another one. Now, no, please listen. This was a random search there is no, what, what's the thing that they say on TV shows? This has nothing to do with real life uh, situations, people in your life, whatever. Please, do you hear me on that? Clear, clearly, not double meaning. So here's the next one. The over 60s choir will be disbanded for the summer with the thanks of the entire congregation or church. Okay? They sang great all, all year. They wanted to be thanked, yes. Um, here's another one. Uh, and I know there's one in the house. Again, this is no Barbara that we know. <clears throat> Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Nelson's sermons. <clears throat> and Pastor Nelson's a really good preacher, okay? She needs the entertainment while she's awake, not to fall asleep. Um, one more. Uh, ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> so there's some very funny double meanings. There are some important things uh, that, we, that we see that have two important meanings, uh, two parts. And, and we're going to take a look at one of those passages uh, this morning. So turn with me to John chapter 12. And we're going to be reading 27 to 36, but specifically in verse 32 and 34, it talks about the Son of Man being lifted up, uh, Jesus being lifted up. And we're going to look at two very important meanings of what lifted up means. One is to be glorified, uh, to, to give honor and praise, to lift someone up in honor and praise, to be glorified. The other is, is crucified. Uh, that, that Jesus is going to be put on the cross, lifted up off the ground um, in his crucifixion. So read with me John chapter 12, verses 27 to 36. <clears throat> it says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. <clears throat> then a voice came from heaven I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it, that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. 
The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. So here is um, this picture of Jesus being lifted up on the cross uh, in his physical crucifixion, and then in his, the glorification of Jesus on the cross, that this is the hour that has finally come, uh, that, that it is now time, that here is the picture of the cross, uh, where he, Jesus is going to be crucified, where Jesus is also going to be glorified. <clears throat> and so we see this, uh, and there's even a prophecy in, in Isaiah uh, that describes what is going on with this picture of the cross. Uh, Isaiah 52, 13 says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Uh, and then we see in Isaiah 53, one of my favorite passages in the description of Jesus, um, especially as he is approaching the cross, uh, that the chapter 53 in Isaiah describes what he went through, that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed, poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. <clears throat> so this prophecy of what Jesus is going to endure... And what the cross means, what Christ being lifted up means. Uh, the, the physical crucifixion, but then we're going to look at the glory that comes in this hour. Uh, the glory of the Son and the glory of the Father. So this setting and, and the, the conversation that Jesus is having, that he hasn't gone to the cross yet. Um, this is coming, but yet he is describing... Um, in detail what is going to transpire uh, when he is on the cross and what the sacrifice that he gives. So he's not there yet, but here Jesus is kind of breaking down some things that are going to happen when he is on the cross, when he is lifted up. So I want us to take a look at five things about the cross this morning. First is found in, chapter, in verse 27, uh, that the cross is truly disturbing. He says, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. So Jesus that is saying, my soul is troubled. Uh, and this phrase, soul troubled, is this inner turmoil, being unsettled, great distress. Literally, he is saying, my soul has been thrown into confusion. Um, that there is a daunting task that is, that is ahead of our Savior. Uh, his language indicates that he, uh, the, the strain of this crisis is overwhelming, um, that his soul is truly troubled. And all four Gospels describe Jesus in this way. Um, and yet it is difficult for us to imagine because here is Jesus who is really strong, who is our King, who is mighty, uh, and, and I think we tend to err on the side that he walked around and there weren't things in this world that troubled him, that he was, wasn't distressed about. But that's not the humanity of Christ. We see the true humanity of Jesus in this moment, uh, that he knows what is coming. Uh, he knows what this is going to entail physically, 
and spiritually. Uh, he was troubled, by the way, not uh, questioning the Father's will. He was all about doing the will of the Father and glorifying the Father. But because he was fully conscious of what the cross involved physically, uh, the, the cross, death by the cross was truly horrific. Uh, and to know that this is coming, he knows that this is what's going to happen. Uh, and I don't know about you, if you know that you've had to, to endure something physically that you were not looking forward to, um, and, and you, get, you get pretty stressed out. Um, I hate giving blood. I hate getting shots, injections, and I have to do that on a pretty regular basis. And I know this is coming, and I'm not looking forward to it. Here's, here's a physical death that Jesus is about to endure. Um, and so multiply that by a million. The understanding that here is um, the nails that will be driven through his wrists. Um, here is the nail that will be driven through his ankles to the cross. Um, and then on the cross, uh, with the, the position that he's in, that his shoulders become dislocated. And the only way to even catch a breath is to kind of lift up and to imagine now all the torn up flesh of the back rubbing up against the cross as he, he's even trying to catch a breath. Here is the physical picture of what Jesus has in his mind, knowing that this is coming. Uh, is his soul disturbed? Rightly so. Absolutely. Here is the physical part of the cross that Jesus knows that he is going to have to go through. And then spiritually, uh, the weight of which he is about to endure, our sins, taken upon himself for us. Uh, and, and I sat there imagining my own sins. If I was to box up all of my sins um, and 54 years worth, it's quite a lot of sins. I won't go into any details. And there's more coming. Uh, the weight of my sin alone is overwhelming. But Christ Jesus has taken on not only my sin, and the sin that I'm going to end up living, he has taken on the sin of all that have come before me, all before that moment, and then all who will, will live in the future. He has taken on all of our sins. The weight spiritually is overwhelming. Of course, his soul is going to be troubled, um, and he knows that this is coming, and to understand that he is facing the judgment of all of this sin. Um, so, of course, he's troubled. And what does he do? Look at his response of, of what, in this situation, in verse 27, because I don't know about you, when I face something that, that is daunting, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm, like, facing a situation I can't get through, it is so much easier to pray, God, take this from me. Take it away from me. Or do we pray like Jesus prayed and say, Father, may you be glorified in it. Verse 27, now is my soul troubled, what shall I say? Do I say, Father, save me from this hour? And we saw this conversation in the garden. May this, is, may this cup pass from me. But he is all about glorifying the Father. And he says, no matter what, he wants the Father's name to be glorified at any cost. Uh, and so here's Christ facing this, this troubled soul that, that he is dealing with, knowing that this is coming. 
and the cross is daunting. Um, and yet he knows that his father is going to be glorified, that this is the hour that he has been called to. And then the second thing is that the cross reveals the glory of God. Um, it's about the glory of God. Read with me 28 to 30 again. It says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. So here's the voice of God speaking. Uh, and we, we see this two other times. And by the way, it's for our sake. It says it is for your sake. This is important when we hear the voice of God. The other time was at Jesus' baptism. Uh, the heavens open, the spirit descends like a dove, and you, we hear this voice, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the other will be at the Mount of Transfiguration, that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to see him in all of his glory. And the voice of God said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And so the people there, they knew something was going on. Some thought thunder, some might have made out some of the words and thought, oh, an angel is speaking, um, but it is a voice of God. And knowing that uh, Jesus says it's for their sake. <clears throat> and when God says, I will glorify my name in what is going on, that is why it is for our sake. Because uh, you, we read this and think, well, if it's for their sake in that moment, why couldn't they distinguish what the voice was, what the words were? Um, but, but the Father was confirming what the Son was about to do, to die for our sins, and that is for our sake. Uh, when the Father is glorified by what the Son is doing, it is in this hour that the glory of God is revealed. Um, and it's not this grandiose reveal, here's the glory of God, and, and uh, fireworks are going off, and there's this grand uh, triumphal entry. Does that sound familiar? There wasn't this grand reveal of the glory of God. It wasn't like the expectations that the king has arrived. But it is in this hour that we truly see who God really is, that the righteousness and love of God come together. And this is an amazing moment uh, for, for even us, because here is holy God. Here is God who cannot have anything to do with sin, nothing. And that separation has been caused because of sin. So here is holy God that could have just said, you guys blew it, I'm done with you. No, he loved us so much that he created a way for us to have access back to him, for us to be redeemed back into this right relationship. And it cost the shed blood of his son. This is the glory of God revealed, of who God is, and what Christ was going to have to do on the cross for us to bring this right relationship back with our sinful selves to a righteous, holy God. Uh, so this glory of God is revealed on the cross. And then the cross judges the world. Because of this sin, because of all that's going on, <clears throat> the, the cross reveals uh, or judges the world. Look at verse 31. It says, now is a judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. 
So now that Jesus has come, this absolute standard of, of those in sin, which is all of us, <clears throat> compared to the innocent uh, bl- uh, without blemish, the Son, the, the Lamb of God who has come, we see that he is the light. Uh, the light is now shining on the darkness. The light is now revealing the dark sin and evil in this world. Um, and judgment has come. Turn back with me to John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. It'll be on the screen also. <clears throat> John 3, verses 19 to 21. It says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So the cross judges a world because now we have the Son of God lifted up. Uh, Now we see that on the cross uh, is, is now our sin revealed as the light shines brightly from the cross. Um, we know that there is a separation now between those who have chosen Jesus as Savior, who, is coming, who have come to the light, who have life in him, versus those who have opposed God, who want to choose to stay in the darkness, choose to stay in their sin, <clears throat> and judgment is coming. It's on the cross that their sins are forgiven. It's on the cross that the power of sin is broken. And we have on the cross this judgment that comes. And, and we tend to say Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. We need to understand that it was, that it was on the cross um, that all of this was revealed. <clears throat> and here's a quote that I came across. It says, The crucifixion was not a defeat overturned by the resurrection. It's a victory revealed by the resurrection. Um, it is on the cross that our, our sins were forgiven. Um, that we have the righteousness from the Son given to us in grace and in mercy and in love. The death of Jesus would seem like a victory for Satan, but really it would be a judgment to the world. And on the cross, Jesus would defeat Satan, his world system. It is on the cross that Jesus is lifted up. It is on the cross that he is glorified. So then we see that the cross draws all people. Uh, we understand that, that this is for all, uh, that we have access to the Father. We have access to the light, and it's not just reserved um, for, for the Jews. In verse 32, it says, I, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. All people. He didn't say it was just for the Jews. He came for the whole world. And we saw this last week, um, that, that this message of forgiveness, this message of redemption, the good news, the gospel is for all. Uh, The cross reminds us that God loves the whole world. Uh, And to see that, we've talked about missions. I love that the last few weeks, we've commissioned a bunch of different people to go around the world and go to different places. Uh, And I've been to different countries who were without so much um, compared to to the United States. Uh, And to have that connection of Jesus 
is, is amazing. Uh, to know that, that, it's, that the gospel, the good news, the shed blood of Jesus Christ is for all men. Uh, and to go around the world and to experience and worship with others who are around the world and to sing the praises of Jesus and the Father and see the Holy Spirit at work uh, is to be reminded of this, this message that Christ has given to all, uh, that, that from the cross, all men will be drawn to him. Uh, and I, pr- I wish that all would choose him, but they, we don't. Um, but this message that, that is for all people, that all people would be drawn to him, no matter where we're from, what life situation we're in, what our background is, we all have access to the Son who gives us the right relationship with the Father. Uh, and to understand that is this picture of the cross who draws all people. And then lastly, that the cross looks foolish and ridiculous to the world. Um, even those who were there weren't understanding. They're like, this isn't who the Messiah is supposed to be. Look at verse 33 and 34. It says, he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So they were like, wait, this is the plan? Um, they, they're kind of starting to connect the dots. And they're trying to say to Jesus, wait, you're the Christ, the Son of Man. You're the one that the nation of Israel has been waiting for. You're the one who's going to make all things new, uh, overthrow the government, but wait, you're going to do this by dying? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. That is, that's ridiculous. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense that any kind of God worth any value would allow himself to be subjected to humility and mockery and torture and death. That doesn't make any sense to this world. Um, didn't make any sense to the group of the people who were listening. Jesus share what he is going to have to go through. But who is the son of man? He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So I close with this. Do you see him? Do you see his glory? Do you see him high and lifted up? Do you understand who Jesus is? Do you believe him? Because when we see him, we have a response to to make. Do we respond to him and follow him? Or do we look at him and think, well, you know, he is who he is. No, he's got to be Lord and King and Savior and completely our lives given over to him. Do we see him? Do we see his glory and his majesty? Uh, Verse 35 and 36, because we may not always see him, We have a moment, Uh, we have a time in our life that we have to decide in this response. Verse 35 and 36 says, So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. The light is shining, and and especially those who are there, uh, they had better take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, to believe in who Jesus is, we have that same opportunity uh, to, to respond with who Jesus is, uh, the glorified Savior, 
the one who has sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins, who rose again to conquer sin and death, do you believe? We move from the darkness into light, from spiritual darkness and death into light and the salvation and life. And then the very end of 36, in verse 36, says, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. And that my prayer for us is that we continue to believe. We continue to not just make these statements of belief, but that we leave this room, we leave this building, we leave this property, and we continue to live our lives out for him. That we continue to give our complete everything to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And it's not easy, but it's the call that he has called us to do. Um, because of all that he has given us and all that he has sacrificed for us, uh, that we can t- turn around and give our lives back to him, uh, that we believe in the light, that we live in this light, that we have life in Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to close in prayer right now, go into a time of invitation, and then following that, we will have a time to observe Lord's Supper. Uh, another great opportunity just to be still, just to talk to God, just to thank Jesus for all that he has done, uh, for this opportunity that we have to worship and adore him, uh, to give thanks to the Father for all that he has given us through the Son, for the Holy Spirit to continue to work in our lives, to mold us and make us uh, to be more like Jesus. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. And I pray that you continue to help us understand more and more of the great love that you have for us, for the great sacrifice that has been given through your son, Jesus. Father, that we have uh, this relationship with you that the cost is unspeakable. Uh, And Father, that we have the opportunity to give back even a little bit more of who we are to continue to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.